Sasha's defense, like his, I know uh, Jordy and the coaching staff really appreciate deflections, and that man always is getting deflections and his hands on a lot of balls. So it was good to see that from. I also, too, want to give a shout out to Harrison Barnes. He finished the game with nine points and eight rebounds. Um, those eight rebounds are fucking huge. So I think people need to lay off him for a freaking second because everyone just constantly wants to look at the points and, you know, him missing his shots and this, this, and this. But when it comes down to it, when you get eight rebounds in a game, you're contributing to your team. But I will say that I really don't think Toronto's actually going to trade him unless they get a godfather offer because I really do think they like the tandem of OG and Scotty together. So just putting that out there, I think Siakam's going to be the one that's going, but I do think they're actually going to try and keep OG and sign him long term. That's what we've been waiting to see. And there is pandemonium at Arco. like that motherfucking being. <laughs> Welcome to the Beam Unit. It's Daily. Joined by my co-pilots, Elizabeth and Naima. What's happening? What's up, y'all? Hey, y'all. First quarter, Suns start off hot for an 11-2 lead. Uncle Keegs gets a dunk and a steal. Monk hits Sasha for a transition layup. Fox hits a difficult high-angle layup. Tie ball game, 26-24 Suns to end the quarter. Second quarter, Sasha hits a Right corner three. Good old friend, ex-former king, Chmezi Metu, blocks the Trey Lyles layup, then gets a layup of his own on the offensive end. Uncle Keeks gets a transition dunk, of course, assisted by Malik Monk. HB hits a three. Interesting to note, it was beautiful to see Monk drive into the paint and spray out to Sasha at the 45 for a missed three. I, I just love that they're looking for him immediately when they come in. Um, Elizabeth and Naima, Thoughts from the first half? Well, to be honest, um, the first half, especially the first quarter, I feel like there was, like, a lack of effort. I don't know if it was because, like, they didn't play um, since that New Orleans game, but we started to pick it up. We tied the game. We actually went up by, like, five points at one point. Then the effort started to drop again, especially towards the end of the second half. Um, But I did like what I saw from Sasha. Again, Sasha's defense, like, his – I know – uh, Jordy and the coaching staff really appreciate deflections, and that man always is getting deflections and his hands on a lot of balls. So it was good to see that from uh, from the bench players. And man, Malik, I I can't praise Malik enough. He just, you know, he just plays at a hundred at all times. He ma- he makes such a difference for our team. Like we would definitely not be successful as we are now without Malik. So uh, I just shout out to Malik as always. Yeah, I think the first half I was I was a little bit disappointed um, that we just kept settling for the three point shot. I think that's like sometimes our kryptonite. We continue just to, you know, shoot shoot the three, which I get. You know, you want to shoot when, especially when you have it open. But I feel like we were able to get easily inside. I feel like Sabonis was able to be aggressive. Um, Nurkic, I mean, he's an okay defender in the paint, uh, but I, you know, we can get like the mid range shot, things like that. So I think it was a little disappointing that they were kind of just settling for the three, and I think that's why um, Phoenix was able to get that, you know, big of a lead going into halftime. But I, I like what I saw. That I mean, they were moving the ball around. I thought Fox was kind of being aggressive. He was just missing his shots early. Keegan, I felt like, he, you know, was missing his shots as well. So, you know, it's kind of hard in the NBA to win, you know, when you don't have, when you don't make your shots. But uh, thankfully, obviously, the second half, they got to go in. And Naima, I'm really glad you mentioned Sasha and his defense. Um, yeah, granted, you know, it's been said ever since, it was announced that his rights were going to the Kings. Even last year, they said, oh, well, he probably can't play defense. They thought he would be a, a street cone. But what do you know? Basketball players with high IQ and they know where the balls are going to go can still anticipate and get into the passing lanes and use their hands to deflect passes or even get blocks um, when need be. So, yeah, props to him for being solid on that end. Third quarter, Kings clean up their turnovers. Big ups, Coach Brown, for getting the players to lock in at halftime. Keegan and Fox start hitting shots. Barnes gets a dunk on a nice cut. Kings up 15. Sasha and Keon hit threes. Fourth quarter, Suns go on a little run and cut the lead to six. Sasha Sasha hits a three. Fourth quarter, Fox appears, makes 12 straight points. 
Kings up 11 with five minutes to go. Suns start double teaming Fox. Fox at the side, step three. Kings up 10 with 144 to go. The arena is quiet. The Suns announcers take the bass out of their voices. Fox with 32 points. Domas with another double double, 15 and 17 rebounds. Game blouses light the beam. So I like defensively what they were trying to do to Devin Booker. I mean, obviously, Devin Booker is good. He's going to get his, but I like that they were throwing the double team at him, kind of making him pass out of it. But our rotations were obviously a bit late on some possessions. But it's funny when you watch a team try to blitz Deer and Fox with two people in the double team, he's just so freaking fast that he just blows right by it. And he can get to the you know, the lane, hit a mid-range shot, hit a freaking layup. I mean, he can just do so many things when teams double team him. I've never seen a player get out of a double team as fast as Aaron Fox does. And then it just opens up kind of the rest of the offense, you know, ability to kind of pass out to the three-point, hit a three-point shot. Um, but obviously the second half was a lot different. We were starting to hit our shots. I thought we were being more aggressive. Our defense obviously picked up. Um, the bench was huge tonight. Uh, Sasha coming off the bench, doing what he did. The defense that Sasha was playing was great. Malik, obviously, always coming off the bench, providing those minutes. Um, obviously, De'Aaron Fox, you know, doing his thing in the fourth quarter. But I want to give a shout-out to Keon um, Ellis. I thought he played really good tonight. Uh, his backup minutes were amazing. And then also, I really like the lineup. They had Malik, Keon, and De'Aaron Fox on the floor at once. And I really like that lineup because it kind of gave them options of, you know, moving the ball quickly around. So Keon hit some big threes. Uh, which I like as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this win. It was an ugly win. Um, I think Keegan had, you know, kind of one of those games, unfortunately, that wasn't great. He kept getting blown by by Booker again. Booker is Devin Booker. Uh, but it was, you know, getting some of the other guys into foul trouble like Sabonis. Um, I know Keegan's going to work at it. He's going to obviously get better at that defense. But I also, too, want to give a shout-out to Harrison Barnes. He finished the game with nine points and eight rebounds. Um, those eight rebounds are fucking huge. So. I think people need to lay off him for a freaking second because everyone just constantly wants to look at the points and, you know, him missing his shots and this, this, and this. But when it comes down to it, when you get eight rebounds in a game, you're contributing to your team. Um, I thought our second chance points, we got a lot. We always, we had a bunch of second chance opportunities, which is huge in the NBA. So shout out to them. They got it there. It wasn't, wasn't a pretty win, but Hey, I'll take an ugly win any day. So they got out of Phoenix with a win and they're coming back home. So shout out to the beam team. Absolutely. I agree with all you said, Liz. Like, honestly, what else can we say about De'Aaron Fox? That man is everything to Sacramento. We're so lucky to watch him play every night. And him just uh, going, turning it on. He had like, what was it, like 11 points in uh, going into the fourth quarter. And for him to finish with uh, 34 points just says a lot. He just knew he had to turn it up for the team, especially with the Suns, you know, trying to come back, like they cut it to six points at one point. So he understood he had to like, you know, lead the team and uh, lead it on the court and everything. So yeah, just, just um, the Kings understanding that with a game like this, the Suns had a lot of players missing. Like KD was out, Beal has been out. Like they just had a lot of players out. So we knew book uh, Booker had to do a lot for this team. And the double teaming, like Liz said, was um, it was disrupting their, offense and it was definitely making it hard for book as well um so i just glad to see that in the end we came <clears throat> we showed more effort on the defensive side and the offensive side and we came out with a win so yeah yeah and and i'm glad you mentioned that just to keep it a bean right no mm -hmm. kd no grayson allen and i'm glad the kings took advantage i'm glad they cleaned up their yeah. act in the second half like i said earlier um and i know i usually don't say this but yeah if their stars are out, we need to take advantage and win these games, uh -huh. which they did. And again, we take Domas for granted. The quietest double-double ever. Uh, you wouldn't even know it. 15 and 17. Uh, amazing. So shout out to him. And I really do think, even though we are going to give Sasha his flowers, this is still not the breakout game that I know he could have. Seriously. Uh, I know he'd go up another gear. Uh, but yeah, two for three from three. Um, 71% from the field. Love it. Great win in Phoenix. And I will say I was at that game, the, the Kessler Edwards game where he uh, had himself a ball game. I was out there in Phoenix and we always seem to get calls here for whatever reason. This might be the one arena where it's not five against eight for the Kings. You know what I'm saying? Thank you guys. Uh, so I reached out, there was a, 
a woman who wrote an article um, and followed up with a family from the fan who passed away on Monday, uh, Greg. And I asked uh, if they had a GoFundMe going. So she got back in touch with me today and they started to GoFundMe to kind of help with the funeral expenses um, for the mom of Greg. Uh, so if anyone, I shared it above in the um, Jumbotron, Beamtron, uh, for anyone that wants to either donate, um, if you guys could share it as well, that'd be really awesome uh, to help this family, you know, lay uh, Greg to rest. Um, obviously a difficult time. I know it's the holidays, so money is always tight, but whether you are able to donate or at least share it, that's going to help this family a ton. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to get that, you know, for our Kings fans and have everyone kind of pass that around. So hopefully we can get, uh, you know, this family some help. Thanks for that, Liz. And I couldn't even imagine um, going out like that at a game uh, so unexpectedly, definitely way too soon. And we'll talk about the barn slender slander later. Absolutely ridiculous. At least hopefully it quiets down for the next 24 hours uh, and everyone chills with their thing pieces and whatnot. Kevin Herter didn't make a shot today. Hopefully there's no Kevin Herter hit pieces release in the next 72 hours till Tuesday until the next game. Uh, hopefully we understand that sometimes it happens. Okay. Let's allow these players some grace. Relax. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, David, what's going on? Hey guys. Yeah. Um, generally this team, like what most people have said, they looked a lot better in the second half. Um, I think we got a lot out of our bench tonight, which was good to see. Um, and it was good to see the guys getting a good job at scrapping for the balls. Like there were involved, there were a lot of almost turnovers, a lot of 50, 50 balls that we won. And so this was a good win in that sense that it was our guys winning by getting the possessions they needed, recovering quickly, um, despite some like errors and ugliness early on, like dealing with that. And after early being a little bit too passive at settling too many open looks, just locking in and really being locked in the second half was good. It was a really good win to see like Sabonis out there being aggressive throughout the whole game. Like he didn't score a huge number of points, but he was really efficient. And even like Keegan Murray getting his offense going, coming off, um, despite the fact that there were foul troubles throughout it for him. Um, and like, and Fox obviously in the fourth quarter is closing the game. So yeah, just good overall. Um, I did really like the fact that Barnes, despite maybe not having the offense that he, that we're hoping he'd have, he was able to do good stuff on like rebounding, which was something that I remember a lot of people criticizing for in the past. So that's good to see. Um, so yeah, good, good win interesting lineups at various points. Like I thought it was kind of interesting when the coach went with like three, three ball handling guards at one point and then had the other point where we had really no other guards, but Fox at different points. So it was just kind of interesting to see some of the different lineups that the coach was trying in this game. Um, especially trying to keep Sasha on there when he was doing so much good for the team. So yeah, overall good win. Great. A good to take care of business against a team. That's, you know, a bit understaffed at this moment to, you, you want to make sure to take these kind of wins, especially when yeah, some players are missing key players on a team that you're going to be fighting with for positioning probably. So good overall win, good taking care of business. Now the guys get a couple of days off and then they get to go take on the nets and hopefully can keep a little bit of a winning streak. Thank you, David. We appreciate you for coming through. Yeah. So with this sun's win, we've run the table on the top 16, six teams in the Western Conference, top seven teams. Uh, so we've beaten the Timberwolves, beaten the Thunder, Nuggets, Lakers, Mavs, Suns. Again, we all know who we can't beat so far, which is the Pelicans and the Rockets, but it is what it is. It's so disappointing how we can't figure out that Pelicans team and – they got absolutely embarrassed last night on national fucking TV. I mean, nothing pisses me off more when that kind of stuff happens. Um, because obviously we beat the Lakers twice this year. Um, and then the Lakers just absolutely embarrassed. I mean, granted, the Lakers were just hitting fucking everything. Torian Prince had like a shit ton of threes, you know, and that's not normally what he does. But I just, I'm happy that we play the Pelicans twice more um, because I think, we need to get them figured out because we could potentially see a team like that in the playoffs. Um, I'm happy that, you know, cause we've struggled against those kinds of teams like Minnesota, you know, the Pelicans, I want to see us get, a, you know, get some wins back against the Rockets as well. Uh, but yeah, just frustrating to watch that kind of stuff. I was hoping for obviously a competitive game, but 
for them just to lay a goose egg in a game like that um, was just really, really disappointing. I had higher hopes from them for them in that game, um, especially what they did to us, you know, on Monday. But uh, yeah, just disappointing by the Pelicans. I just think it's us. I think when the Pelicans see us, see the Kings, they see bl- they smell blood in the water. And they get after it, and they play their best game, and they go all out. And for whatever reason, the lights are too big for them when it comes to Vegas and playing against LeBron. Absolutely weird. Styles make fights, I guess. I guess the, uh, the Lakers are a poor matchup for them. But, yeah, really disappointing. When you know we would have given Lakers a game. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Because it's like, you know, we seem to be really competitive against the Lakers. Um but yeah, I was just, I was hoping, like I said, when a team beats you, I respect it. So I kind of like root for that team. You know what I mean? Like, obviously I'm going to root against the Lakers because they're the freaking Lakers, but I'm like rooting for them. If if we're going to lose to a team, then go out and run the table, bust some ass. But for them just to lay a goose egg like they did last night, I was like, I had higher hopes for them. And just the reports that are coming out about Zion, um, you know, with him not wanting to diet and, you know, work out, stay healthy. Uh, that's that's pretty disappointing because, I mean, they have a good young team and it's like, I feel like he's in a way being a diva if he's trying to like kind of push his way out of there. I'm not going to like shit on him and speculate, but it, I mean, there's just been that speculation for a few years now with him being hurt and all that stuff. But just, yeah, just disappointing with that team because um, they can they could do some damage and then they drop a goose egg like that. Um, and it happens. It always happens in the NBA when your team gets you know, a couple bad games and they just get blown out because they're not hitting any shots and the game's over by halftime. But um, yeah, I was just hoping for a better game last night. I'll give Zion a pass though. If he acts this way with this, with his second team, then we know what the problem is, but you never know about the environment of an organization. You know what I mean? Uh, Sometimes if the fit's not there, it's, it's just not there and just good things never come from it. So we'll see. Hopefully he gets to go to another team. They trade him. I doubt they will because they know, his potential, but yeah, you, you just never know what happens with the relationship between a player and an and organization. Joseph, what's going on? Yo, what's up, man? Um, yeah, what Liz said about the uh, the Pelicans getting stomped by the Lakers, that's just like super frustrating. I traded the other day. Hang on. Exit. Okay. Um, like, they only seem to get up for the Kings. It's, it's frustrating. Um, but, you know, I just – I need the Pacers to win that tournament. I just – it can't be the Lakers winning the first in-season tournament, man. That's so messed up. <laughs> um, you know, on, on one hand, you know, you'll have like – I'd rather have Halliburton getting the praise, you know, um, over like LeBron and the Lakers team. But uh, about the Kings, like, yeah, just a solid win against the shorthanded Suns team. Um I thought Barnes had a, a nice game, uh, nine and eight, I believe. Um, so there's that. I, I really like uh, what I saw from Keon Ellis. Sufficient 17 minutes, 10 points. Um, and, yeah, just a good team win. Uh, clearly won it in the third quarter and were able to, you know, hang on and put it away. So I'm happy. 12 and eight against uh, what I think is uh, more competition this year. There's not too many bad teams in the league right now. Joseph, I totally understand what you're saying about Halliburton and winning the IST against the Lakers. Be careful what you wish for, though. You already know. If the Pacers win the IST, the in-season tournament, the posts on Reddit, all the tweets, all the who won the trade tweets, all the Kings got the wrong point guard posts, it's going to be ridiculous. And it's already ridiculous now because that's all there is on Reddit right now. Are we yeah, sure I, we made the right move? So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, know I could care less who wins, though. Honestly, I, I could care less. I know it's coming. It's just, I does. The Lakers don't need more shit. Like, come on. Uh, I, you know what? Let them win this fucking trumped up tournament. I, I could care. It really means nothing. Seriously. It's one and done. It's like March Madness for the NBA. Which I love. I love me some brackets, but there's so much of a season left, and it's like whatever. And let those silly Laker fans who who sounded so foolish in the background of on TNT, let them boast about it. I think it's hilarious. Fine, you, you want a one and done tournament. Good for you. Um, 
Is that going to yeah. be remembered 20 years from now or even next season or even in the summer? Well, we won the IST. No one's going to remember that. So, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I had. So. Appreciate you, Joseph, as always. So, I mean, the thing with it, obviously, there's probably a few Kings fans that push that narrative that, oh, we traded the wrong point guard and just ignore those fans because what we have in De'Aaron Fox is incredible. The things he's able to do, and I love Tyrese Halbin. Trust me, I was crushed when we traded him and, you know, when we moved on from him because we knew what player he could potentially become. Um, But the fit wasn't there, and I was thinking about this today because Miles Turner made some comments, you know, saying that the Pacers won the trade. Obviously, he's going to say that because he's going to benefit benefit from that. Because guess what? Him and Sabonis were not working together. They It was a bad match. Like, they just couldn't get it figured out with who was on the outside, who was on the inside. It was not pretty basketball. It's the same thing with the Kings. We had two potential star players who couldn't get it figured out together on the court. So when you look at it, as Kings fans, we know what we have in we know what we have in De'Aaron Fox, and we know what they have in Tyrese Halliburton. We, you know, let the people outside of the organization and outside of the fan base keep pushing their narrative. Like, let them do it. It's fine. I don't care. I wish the Pacers success. You know, if they go on and do things, good for them, because look what we were able to do last season. We were able to be the number one offense and break make history with that offense and then also get back to the playoffs for the first time in 16 years with that team. So we know what we have in Sabonis. He continues to produce on a nightly basis. Of course, yes, he has off games. It happens in the NBA. De'Aaron Fox has off games. Kevin Herter has off games. That kind of stuff happens in the NBA. But we as fans, we know exactly who our team is. So let the outsiders who don't watch a freaking minute of Kings basketball keep pushing a narrative about, oh, the Kings made the wrong trade or they traded the wrong point guard or they did this, this, and this. Because we'll never know. We're never going to know had they traded Fox and had we kept Tyrese Halliburton. We don't know how that would have looked if we would have had Tyrese since a bonus. So it's like everyone needs to just move on. And again, I know most of our fan base has, and I, I love the comments you know, from our fan base, you know, congratulating Tyrese for his game last night and things like that. Like that's the support because we love Tyrese. I have nothing bad to say about Tyrese. He did what he could do in Sacramento. And unfortunately just wasn't a fit. So there's nothing wrong with cheering him on. And if people think that's weird, then I don't know what to freaking tell you, but everyone on the other side of it with the national media that continues to push this agenda, they're going to keep pushing this agenda. And like Daly said, if they win that in-season tournament, the agenda is just going to keep getting pushed even more. If they win a freaking NBA championship, it's going to get pushed even more. But guess what? The Pacers didn't make the playoffs last year, and the Kings did. So I don't care about what happens. We're fans of this team. Again, we know our roster up and down. We watch the games night in and night out. And people on the national media only watch, guarantee, Tyrese Halberton when he's on like a national stage. They probably don't pay attention on a nightly basis of what he does, but they people have to have something to talk about when it comes to national media. That's why, and I hate to bring this up, but if you think about it, that's kind of how the whole world works. In, in politics, there's obviously divides of which side, you know, two sides, this side and this side. The media continues to push those narratives, and that's how you have people hating each other and just the world we live in. That's how it is in sports. The media is going to push those divides and try to build a bridge between all these people. So again, I don't see it much from our fan base. I've seen a few, but there's no reason to shit on Fox because of the numbers that he's continuing to put up is absolutely ridiculous. Like this man was unlocked once that trade happened. You could see just the breath of fresh air when him and Sabonis played together. I believe it was the first game they played Minnesota. They hugged because you could just see De'Aaron Fox was like, shit, we might have something. If we could build off of this and get a couple other pieces, we might have something. So I think it was a breath of fresh air for Fox, and then it was also a breath of fresh air for Tyrese because he was able to go and do his thing. So, again, 
I'm going to keep saying it. It's a win-win trade. We got the piece that we need. They got the piece that they need. And we both can move on. And we can both enjoy winning basketball. Because, again, they're a small market, so I'm happy for it. I love small market teams. I love watching them succeed, you know, especially with, like, the Orlando Magic this season. You know, teams like Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, teams like that, I love watching them succeed because they don't get the love, you know, when they're good. They only basically get the, you know, hate when they're complete shit. So I love that they're continuing to kind of build these small markets up. So that way we can kind of have some competitive basketball instead of night in and night out. It's just like the Bostons and the Lakers and things like that. Yeah, I kind of disagree. Not with everything you're saying. I'm just talking about how you think it's a small segment of the fan base. I, I think it's actually quite large of people who are still hung up on the Halliburton trade. Um, and yeah, maybe it's a matter of who we follow or whatever, but uh, some very prominent accounts and some sites that I consider the hubs of King's Twitter or our online and their online presence, full on hit pieces on Harrison Barnes as well. Like in this day and age with, all these incredible basketball minds putting out this basketball content with clips and video. And I am changing topics a little bit. And you're going to talk about, we have to trade Harrison Barnes and you're going to base it off one stat and you're going to throw in one stat in there. Like, Oh, he's really poor off pick and roll defense or whatever. And then you're going to make that claim considering all the other articles out there where people go in depth with video evidence, and that's all you're going to do. And knowing damn well that it's a reactionary piece just because we lost on Monday. I, you would have thought that the season ended last Monday when we lost to the Pelicans. Absolutely strange. You almost would think that people forgot what we did last season and that the Pacers didn't even go to the playoffs last season. It's strange. So um, I can't even get my thoughts together to make my point, but... <laughs> it's i i agree and i get what you're saying I yeah think we, it's it's crazy follow different people you know yeah, what I like mean? seriously uh people crying it, yeah. just because uh, kevin o'connor calls halliburton a point god that's fucking fine they called chris paul a point god has chris paul won a championship yet no and he no. probably won't will win one who cares mm -hmm. people crave media attention for the kings and i could care less what people say about our team I'm focused on my team and that's it. And I know what we have. You know what I mean? But, but that's the thing too, is like guys like Kevin O'Connor, he like, he has the weirdest thing about Sabonis. I'm like, I saw someone tweet, like did, did Sabonis bang his like girlfriend or wife or something? And I'm like, honestly though, like what, like the narrative that he continues to push against Sabonis, I'm like, do you actually watch what he does on a nightly basis? Like this man is continuing just to get beat up down low. And yeah, of course, like there's games that's bonus I wish would be more aggressive and he completely disappears. But like, even then he still has a double double. I mean, that's what's crazy is like he could have a, the worst game of his life and he's still producing a double double on the fucking court tonight. He didn't have the greatest game offensively, but guess what? I thought he was more aggressive. He missed some shots. You know, he shot a couple of mid range. He missed him, but take those. That's what I want him to do to continue to get more comfortable and to continue to get better at them. He had 15 points and 17 rebounds. I mean, that's insane to me. Like, it's like crazy because I think they want to compare Tyrese and Sabonis like against each other, but there's no comparison because they play two completely different positions and the offenses are ran com two completely different ways. So they're never going to have similar stat lines when it comes to a game. They're just not. Maybe Tyrese is going to have the same amount of assists that Sabonis or, um, you know, rebounds that Sabonis has, but it's never going to line up. They're two completely positions. They play basketball a different way. So it's like you can't compare the two players. Just they're both good at what they do. That's point blank period. And Fox is damn good at what he does. So it's like for people to say that they traded the wrong point guard, I completely ignore because I'm like, you obviously have not even watched Deer and Fox enough to know that he's doing the damn thing. I mean, like I said especially after baby brain was born that man came like unleashed i was like what are we watching here and i knew i knew deer and fox always had this in him and like i said in you know a couple podcasts ago i i still remember there was a lot of fans 
during that rough stretch when him and Tyrese were both on the bench that, you know, Fox is miserable. Da, 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 we need to trade him. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. If you're in a position, whether it's playing sports or your normal daily job, if you're in a situation that's kind of toxic and it's not, you're not winning, you're not having fun. So yeah, you're probably going to look a little like, well, this kind of sucks. You know what I mean? So I just hate that, you know, again, the the media tends to push this narrative that they traded the wrong point guard, but we tend to forget that we have De'Aaron Fox. And again, I appreciate De'Aaron Fox for anything that he does and anything he continues to do because he is completely killing it on the floor, doing all that he can. He continues to work on his game. He continues to work out in the gym. I mean, and he's helping this team and he's become that leader that I think we were missing for so long. He might not be the most vocal, but that's okay because there's other guys in the locker room that kind of step up in that role. But he's going to show you by his gameplay and he's going to lead in that example. So I just want more people to respect De'Aaron Fox because without De'Aaron Fox, we would not be where we are right now. I think I think the whole like uh, oh Kings traded away the wrong point guard old uh, Pacers chose the wrong point or whatever the narrative may be. I think those come out whenever like either Fox has a really good game or Tyrese has a really good game. And what people love more more than anything is clout and they love clicks. So what they know that saying like oh Kings traded away the um, the wrong point guard or whatever is gonna bring clicks because people are gonna like latch onto that and jump onto that but if you're truly a Kings fan and you've watched the Kings you know how much um and what the what Fox means uh to the Kings like we are not in the position that we are without Fox he has put his this team on his back multiple times throughout his career even when we sucked like the one the few times we won we wouldn't win without him so um yeah people really need to like understand like and stop overreacting after losses like daily was saying like against the pelicans yeah it sucked we wanted to win um maybe this tournament or whatever but again it really doesn't mean anything it was just a regular season game just another way to uh the nba to make money so the overreactions always are the worst and social media again it's like that's the day and age we live in right where people are just you know overreacting on social media but as a Kings fan I'm ecstatic to have kept Fox he has done um better than I think any of us would ever expected for him to play like that he's a superstar I'm calling it right now I don't care people like hesitate um saying that Fox isn't a superstar but he is a superstar he should be getting uh MVP votes he should be top five he should be getting the ballot should be set right now i don't care i don't it's only like 20 games in but um fox is a superstar and he should be getting mvp considerations yeah it's to the point now where i really hope and i know this team the front or front office this organization understands what they have in fox and how they just need to get the right piece or two to take him over the hump we don't want to waste a player like this how many players in the NBA are are lat, get at an all NBA level that just never had the opportunity to go deep in the playoffs because of their personnel uh, surrounding them? So yeah, it's I, I really hope uh, we could do that for him, and, and so he we could get his career uh, and his legacy on the right path. Um, I will say this: all these people with these hit pieces on Harrison Barnes and all their little pieces on on. Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox and, and, you know, who won the trade and all that. We all know that let's just face it. Some people just don't, don't take losses well. And I've always said, you got to take your losses as well as you take your wins, period. Stay neutral. But if you get down to the dumps and you're hating life and you start looking at scapegoats, and we're talking prominent accounts here, well-respected, but for whatever reason, they still have their 16 years of trauma. And they can't handle a loss. And I get it. We wanted to win the IST. We really did. It would have been nice. But I'm over it. It happens. And so, yeah. you know, we have these tweets. And money, you should, you know, it, it's your move, money. Make a move. And it's like, Relax. We didn't lose to the Pelicans because of Harrison Barnes. 
Sure, Tyrese is getting a lot of praise right now. But guess what? The praise that he's getting now is the same amount of praise that we got last year. When the beam was lit for the first time, when De'Aaron and Domas were getting noticed by the rest of the basketball world. Same thing. We just forgot. That's all there is to it. We forgot all of our praise from last year and how well we're doing. It is what it is. It's sad that we can't handle losses. A lot of bitch babies out there. The thing, like, I get it. I, I do. Like, I actually, like, you know, obviously before the season started, you know, in this in-season tournament got introduced and things like that, everyone was, like, skeptical because they're like, okay, what is this going to do? I like it, truthfully, because I feel like it brings, like, a, you know, a playoff-type atmosphere during the middle of the season. I feel like there was a lot more competitive games, um, you know, besides, obviously, the Pelicans last night. But I liked what it brought. I thought, you know, the cool court designs I thought was a fun little thing. kind of to maybe get like a different type of audience brought into it as well because as you know i'm a business major in marketing and things like that you're always trying to do things to make your brand more money so of course the nba is going to do things like that so i do like the in-season tournament and of course yes i would love to win the in-season tournament because one it was games that counted against our overall record besides obviously the championship game but two it's just always fun to freaking win but yeah like when we lose it's like it's automatically and sometimes even when we win which kind of like annoys me because i'm like can we just like enjoy the win like instead of like we need to stop starting this person and we need to trade this person it's like some people just for some reason have to find the negativity and everything and it's like i get it monty mcnair gets it like this roster isn't complete and people need to realize that like there's moving pieces constantly when you're in the nba so, like, we can't act like Monty McNair is not in his little boardroom or whatever he's got with tons of ideas and what they want to do. But obviously, it takes two to tango when you try to make trades and when you sign free agents and things like that. People have to agree to a trade. The other team has to agree to the trade. There's things that have to go into account. So, like, I get it because we've sucked for so many freaking years. Like, I understand because, trust me, I was along the ride and I watched this team suck for so many years but now that we actually have capable people in the right places like monty mcnair like a mike brown like now we can truly have something to look forward to because again like overall monty's done a very well job with the signings he's made the trades that he's done and the drafting that he's done i thought his drafting so far has been pretty you know head on like yes we can argue about davion how he's not playing right now but there's still value there with Davion, whether they trade him or whether he earns his minutes back. So, like, people just need to chill because this roster is not complete. I guarantee you something's going to happen. And it might not be the big move that everyone wants it to be. But we have to also look at these other teams and how they build their teams as well. Because if you want to take it, and I hate, I know everyone's going to hate me bringing this up, but the Golden State Warriors. They built their team the correct way, their championship teams. They drafted their core guys. They brought in a guy like a vet, like Andrew Iguodala. They continued to sign great offseason signings and look where it got them. Obviously, when you have a guy like Steph Curry, you're going to do some damn good things. But the same thing with the Denver Nuggets. They drafted their top guys. They've continued to make great free agent signings, and they were patient. They could have probably shown Michael Malone the door a time or two, but they stuck with him. So it's like, I get it. I hate telling you guys to be patient because I totally understand that we've been sucking for so many years. But we have to look at it as like now that we actually have people that can do the right job in place, now is the time to be like, okay, we can kind of trust what they're building and what they're doing and what they're preaching. And then we can go from there. Like this is not a complete team and I get it. But it's like The starting five is probably not going to change, guys. I just want to throw that out there now because I continuously see tweets about, oh, Trey should start over Harrison. It's probably not going to happen. I would probably bet that Harrison Barnes would not be on this team before he goes and plays off the bench. I I would be shocked if he ever was coming off the bench. I would probably see him on another team before that happened. Well, Mike Brown said, literally, they want to go to the playoffs again and really see what they have before they make another move. So... I'm not going to expect to see that much until this summer. 
exactly. It's only the second, it's only not even two years into this team. So it's like, and there was new pieces that came in this off season, obviously, you know, more bench pieces, but it's like guys. And the thing too, with starting lineups, like I get it, like, Oh, starting, you know, you want to get your, you know, game off to a fast pace and get ahead and not get behind and things like that. Like I totally understand. But at the end of the day, I will always say this and it matters who finishes this game because half the time, half the starting lineup is usually not even in finishing the game. Usually now you're having Malik Monk finish games. Sometimes you're having Sasha finish games. Sometimes Trey Lyles is finishing games. Like it's constantly moving. These coaches are making their adjustments and doing the right thing. And again, we're seeing the product on the floor. Like we have enjoyable basketball for the first time in a long time. So there's going to be some losses and there's going to be some wins. So please guys, just please enjoy it. All right. Our next speaker is the OG. Jill Edge. What's going on, Jill? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going. It's a Friday night. All these sickos are here. What's up, Jill? <laughs> yeah, I know you brought up the whole rumor thing, and I can just say that that's not a thing. So just move on from it. Like, act like it was not said because it's not a thing. But I will say that I really don't think Toronto's actually going to trade him unless they get a godfather offer because I really do think they like the tandem of OG and Scotty together. So just putting that out there, I think Siakam's going to be the one that's going, but I do think they're actually going to try and keep OG and sign him long-term. Um, I will say that kind of to what Liz was saying when I hopped on talking about Monty and trades and stuff, his bread and butter, you know, outside of the Sabonis has been like working around the edges and I do think he has enough that he can try and do those kind of moves again. We saw he tried to do it last year with Thibel and Bando. It didn't work, but it wasn't that he wasn't looking for anything, right? He still has to land it. But I do think there's moves out there like that that aren't the big necessarily names, but that are players that would be able to come here and you could use, you know, picks and Davion and things like that. And you can get, add more, right, to your squad. So, I do think that there are ways that um, he'll be able to move without necessarily the big ones. But I will say in terms of like the Barnes discourse, because, you know, I've been on him at times, but it's more so because I think he can be better. Like, I don't think that um, in the offseason somehow he just, you know, lost things. But I do think it's him trying to, you know, and the team, you know, Brown even said it as much, trying to figure out kind of where he fits in with this group now. But with that being said, as going into this game, the Kings starting lineup, they had played 150 minutes together. They were third in offensive rating, sixth in defensive rating in terms of most minutes played as for lineups. And there's there's 12 lineups total that have played together 150 minutes or more. So the Kings are third and sixth falling on offensive defense in that. But in terms of that, the Kings have actually gotten better three points offensively and defensively. They went from a 116 defensive rating to a 107 and that's with Barnes in there. So I think we have to even talk about it where it's not that it's even bad. It's this team's doing good with this lineups, but I do think that we, you know, it's, it's said and we want it. We know what they could be, if that makes sense, if they really do get, a full upgrade in that position. And so, you know, whether it happens or not, just know that at least with this group that we're seeing now, they're legitimately putting up better numbers than they did last year, which, you know, broke records with this group. So in terms of that, I think there's just, you know, some things to be said that it might look off, but numbers wise, um, they're actually playing better and just kudos to Monty as well for grabbing Vizenkov with a what pick 40 something and getting him on the deal that he did because he's been an absolute steal so far right and then Lyles right getting the getting Lyles for for Bagley another you know around the edges move but I think those are the kind of things that we're probably going to end up looking at come the deadline yeah, it's a beautiful thing that Sasha was literally plug and play because his basketball feel is so great and his shooting is so great. 
Yeah, and he looks, you know, he's getting, you can see him getting more comfortable with different guys, you know, every game he plays, which is exciting. Um, and I did like seeing his minutes with um, Fox and Monk as well. I thought that they've kind of been creating a good um, trio when Fox is uh, playing, you know, more with the bench guys, have how uh, Brown flexes that out. And so I think Fox finds, um, Bezzy in good positions. And then even in the third quarter with Sabonis playing the the whole third quarter, he did a good job of finding um, Vizenkov for, uh, for cuts and things like that. So um, I love his, his IQ. He's always moving. And so he seems to get positioned himself really well so that when he gets the ball, he can do something meaningful with it. So it's it's nice to see. Yeah, especially on the defensive end too because of his basketball feel. He's always in the past. Three steals. Yeah. yeah. He's been great. Um, absolutely. And I mentioned Sasha because we have the biggest Sasha fan here uh, on King's Twitter in Emmy. Emmy, welcome. I-, I was looking forward to hearing from you since Sasha had a, a fantastic Hey, guys. Game. Hi. Good evening, first of all. Very, very great game. It's He's great. It's the best game so far in his career as far as points goes. And as far as minutes, very, very good. I hope he gets more and more. And Jill, congrats on his pronunciation. The last thing, very, very clear. Very good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> he's, he's great. He's improving. I think what's helping him is his family being there. And uh, against the Pelicans, his girlfriend was at the arena, actually, to my knowledge. So that's helping him a little bit. He's otherwise everything good. We are also proud of him and with the plus and minus, that's very good also. And if you have questions, should shout them. So, Emmy, and I'm sure you would agree, we've yet to see Sasha really have the breakout game that he's capable of, right? Right. But as far as points, I think that's his best in the career. 14 points. He's like, he's playing a lot. He's getting used to the NBA style, but he's getting better. I know Christina and a few others who know how upset I was when he wasn't getting any minutes and how upset I was at the New Orleans game when he only got six minutes and zero points. That made me like very upset. I hope he has more games like tonight, like against the Warriors and against Clippers. Even though we lost against the Clippers, it was a great game for him. Especially with the plus and minus stats. Yeah, 100%. So I'm really happy for you. And, and yes, I think this is a season high for the NBA. And uh, just in case, if I don't hear from you all, happy holidays to you guys. I mean, I'll try to come on, but I don't know how long. Emmy, likewise, happy holidays to you as well. Thank you for calling. Welcome. Good and, night. And Jill, you were uh, saying something. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I know to her point, he extended a lot of offensive, um, the the offensive side of the ball when he was getting the the second chance rebounds. I mean, it was he was extending plays, so um, that was really nice to see. He's his rebounding has completely translated. So. Um, he's not afraid to get in there and um, with the scrum and move around. So, um, but kudos to him that I felt like he had, I want to say at least two offensive rebounds that led to um, second chance points. So, yeah. Amazing. Jill, I agree. Also, he had three blocks t- tonight against the Phoenix Suns. And the only player I'm truly sad that he missed the, the Phoenix is uh, not Kevin, Damien. He's out again with serious injuries. For but, Damien, uh, Damien Lee? Yes. Got it. Yep. This is surgery. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Emmy, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate you. You're welcome. Obviously, I'm in the Bay Area. I'll try to call in when I get a chance. Thank you guys for the podcast. We love it. Thank and you spaces. so much. Um, one thing I love about just, uh, the internet, this app, is that we get fans from all over the world. So our next speaker 
Ubuntu Nation, what's happening? Thank you for coming through. Oh, thank you very much. Um, and thank you for this space, um, Ubuntu from Uganda. Um, well, number one, I want to appreciate you all for this amazing space. It really feels like family and community. And um, I'm going to base my, my, uh, my, my, my thing on two things. And um, number one, to me, I think we're really playing really good. I, I love the games, honestly. I really don't mind it when we lose, but my greatest turnoff is, um, is is some specific fans. I mean, today I was, I was checking something on Twitter and I realized that Harrison Barnes was trending, was trending all over. And to me, I put my I try to be empathetic in a way that imagine how he's done with playing the sport. He's just from the game and he gets back home after freshening up and turns on his Twitter and all he's saying is trade trade this one, trade this one. Like, to be honest, it really, really drains and hurts. And for me, I think that's my turn of, like, honestly. I can't be that kind of a fan, honestly. But on the other hand, um, I'm proud Sacramento fan. And, um, yeah, good to meet you all. Thank you so much. Ubuntu, thank you for coming in. <laughs> thank you for uh, all the kind messages. Uh, we appreciate you. Ben, you got a trade for us? What's going on? <laughs> nah, not tonight. But I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that um the few little only got those three minutes tonight with the concussion because I was um yeah I, I was looking forward to seeing how he played tonight. But um yeah, first off, just, again, just echoing what a couple other people have said is yeah, it's th thanks again to you guys for showing up every game. Like it, it, it must be a lot um <laughs> eighty something nights of the year um you guys are here and and throwing this on for everybody and it's um it is appreciated so yeah start with that um uh, next thing i was just just wanted to sort of talk about like the in-season tournament and just like the double-edged sword i guess it is with all the national attention um that the that the tournament brought because it's been really good for you know players like Tyrese halliburton and, and now you see lebron James carrying on like the in-season tournament is the best thing that's ever happened, and he he, he knew he, he thought it would be like this ten years ago. And, but the downside of that as well is um there's a lot of like national like negativity about it in regards to certain players, and, and Harrison Barnes definitely caught a lot of that, and and you've seen like Zion Williamson has, has copped a lot of heat as well, and it's it's almost like you got to step back and you got to go, hang on, like the Kings were one of eight. 30 teams that, that actually made it to that round and then same with like the Pelicans they made it to the final four and yet they lose one game and everybody likes to do the big pile on and um, I thought during the week James Han um, explained it really well um, about the construction of the team and how um, our most glaring weaknesses of this roster is you know defensive versatility and athleticism and just how all the guys they brought in on the off-season and, and resigning Harrison Barnes, none of them really ticked that box. But these guys aren't... You, you know, it, it, Harrison Barnes isn't a, isn't a bad player. And, and on most teams, he's, he's going to be um, probably your you know fourth, third, fifth best starter, depending on what team you're talking about. But it's just um, in, terms of, in terms of fit. And, and you see... You see it tonight when you see someone like Keon Ellis step into the game and the dude's not a scorer, but you just see like how much he can add. And every time he's the fifth option as he comes on the court and he just makes such an impact defensively and just not making mistakes. And, you know, if, if, if he has games every every time, whenever he scores, it's, it's like a bonus. But if he's getting zero points, it, it doesn't matter. And I, and I just feel like, you know, if you get that kind of fifth starter doing doing those those pieces, I think it's really gonna really gonna stand out. And it's not any shade of Harrison Barnes because Harrison Barnes brings a lot to the table. But you know, it's just the type of player that this this team's gonna need going forward. And one other thing I wanted to talk about, like with the Keon Ellis thing, is you see the guys like cemented himself in the rotation, and he's getting better and better every game. He's getting more confident. His shot's starting to fall, and I kind of just—it's hard with with all the the moves they made in the off season with you know Edwards, Lyles, and Barnes. But 
I, I feel like we could potentially have somebody who could have that kind of impact with Kessler Edwards, but it's just hard to sort of get him minutes with, with that log jam that you've got in that position. And a lot of people go, oh, yep, he, he can't shoot, you know, he can't be out there. But the dude shot 40% in college for three years before he made it to the NBA. And I just feel like, you know, if, if that dude got some, you know, got got a chance to get comfortable, you know, the shot could potentially fall because we know his defense is, is really good. So, um, yeah, like uh, with the big move, it, it might not be a big move. It might be a small move. And, you know, we've got pieces that I think can, can stand up. But, um, but yeah, good win. Um, and, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, uh, thank you, Ben. I uh, always appreciate you coming through. The funny thing about the Harrison Barnes discourse is, is that nobody really offers a, a real solution and a, and a viable trade that could actually happen. Um, it, it reminds me of, of Kevin O'Connor criticizing uh, Domas and saying, yeah, you know, if they had a Jokic, and it reminds me of when when Morgan came in here and, and she was like, yeah, what the fuck? Everybody needs a Jokic. And like, people always say, oh, OG. And it's like, yeah, every team needs an OG. So it's like some no-brainer shit. Seriously, give a real solution. Call out one of those players that aren't well-known but are really good at defenses. Those emerging Jaden McDaniels players that not many people know about because not everybody has time to watch every NBA team. They're out there. I don't know who they are. I don't have time to watch every NBA team. I really don't. But, uh, guys, I think we are going to close up shop. We appreciate you guys coming through. Ben, what's up? Oh, sorry, man. I was just going to add on to that. Um, just with with the whole Harrison Barnes the sign, there's a big difference with with getting that fifth starter and getting him to sign and be happy with signing. But if you're Monty's in a position where he can he can trade for for one of these guys who are on these you know three four five year deals who got signed in the off season. So um, even though he didn't he didn't sign it didn't sign somebody in the off season, there's definitely potential for it to be done at the trade deadline. Um. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to add, man. Yeah, 100%. Um, Naima or Elizabeth, any last words? Uh, I Not really. Um, I really want to go to the game on Monday, so hopefully I'll be able to do that, see the beam in person for the first time this uh, season, hopefully. But just a good win. Happy to see De'Aaron. I love De'Aaron so much. And, yeah, like the beam. Yeah, I just wanted to say real quick, uh, I appreciate everyone for um, retweeting that post uh, for Greg's GoFundMe for him and his family. I know they'll really appreciate it. So I just want to say thank you again, guys, um, for doing that. Uh, You know, continue to retweet it if you can, um, because I know, yeah, during this time, the family's going to really need some help. So I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome, especially being here on a Friday night. Um, We love our Kings. And uh, yeah, light the beam. And I have no doubt the Kings players in the organization are probably helping the family out that we're not going to know about. We don't need to know about that. They could do it on the back end and, and they don't need to publicize that because that's kind of gross. Um, so yeah, I, I have full confidence that the players in the organization are going to do something uh, for that family. Um, if anything, also again, bookmark and retweet uh, Elizabeth's uh, post that she put up on the Beamtron. Keon got the DPOG. I also want to shout out Chimezi Metu. It's really nice to see him uh, continue his career in Phoenix. Kind of weird seeing him in, in a Phoenix uniform, but he had himself a ball game. It was the best outcome that I was hoping for. Him going off and getting his and then us getting the W. Perfect. I could root for him and still get my win for my team. You know what I mean? Amazing. Torino, what's up? Yeah, last thing, last thing. Um, shout out to Keon for not only getting BPOG, but just cementing himself as a you know, it's an important piece to the squad. You know, the defense he brings, the shooting, you know, and just the, the poise that he has, man. Um, you know, definitely not something you see in a lot of undrafted guys. So shout out to him. Shout out to Sasha for also staying ready and being more than just a shooter. He's definitely impressed me on the defensive end more than I thought he would. And I'm pretty sure we can all, you know, agree to that. And, uh, you know, once again, you know, Rest in peace to our uh, to one of our own, Greg, and you know, uh, like I said, you know, um, hopefully every every game the rest of the season should be dedicated to him and uh, and his family, and uh, you know, 
and I'm sure he's happy seeing the beam from heaven right now. So, yeah. Thanks, Torino. And back to what Jill was saying about OG, another reason why the Raptors are probably going to do their best to re-sign him is he and Scotty Barnes are like best buds now. And if OG does get here, be careful, guys. We're going to have two forwards in, in him and Keegan that are not talkers. It's going to be the double Android attack. I'm just saying that kid is quiet as well as Keegan is. And uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, you guys are the best basketball sickos on a Friday night. Um, thank you, Jill, for being here. And, and thanks, as always, my, my two co-pilots, Liz and Naima, for sacrificing their Friday night uh to be here with me uh you guys are the best the beam unit is out thanks y'all